Good afternoon, and welcome to Pay It Forward's podcast, Help Yourself by Helping Others. Today's topic is Juneteenth. Many people are not aware of what Juneteenth is or represents, so we thought we would uh, discuss this topic to help educate uh our audience. I know I learned uh, a lot in just preparation for this podcast. I am joined today by Mitchell and Alan. Welcome to you both. Thank you. Okay, so um, as you can see on the screen, Juneteenth is also known as Freedom Day. And as we discuss on the first slide, it's called Freedom Day for a reason. So, uh, Mitchell, do you want to help us with uh, the first slide in explaining what is Juneteenth? Sure. You know, it's um, it's a now it's a national independence holiday um, celebrated in the United States June nineteenth each year, um, and it's it's about the the final finally the ending or the communication of the ending of slavery in America uh, when the final people were finally freed. That's right. Uh, as Mitchell said, the final uh, people were finally freed. Yeah. And that's because um, uh, the Juneteenth is in commemoration of the last of the declare of the slaves who were actually freed. And that was in Texas. And it came two years after the Emancipation Proclamation which was effective on January 1st, 1863. But as you'll see on the next slide, emancipation was delayed in Texas because uh, they were unaware of the Emancipation Proclamation. So those slaves were not aware that they had been you know, given their freedom. And so even though the Emancipation Proclamation was signed in 1863, um, for the people of Texas, they did not uh, re get their freedom until the arrival of General Granger and hit the Union forces arrived in Galveston on June 19, 1865, and Emancipation News finally reached the enslaved people of Texas. So because it was June 19th, that's where the name Juneteenth comes from. And so it was a very significant moment in American history because uh, finally all enslaved people were uh, aware that they had been granted emancipation through the Emancipation Proclamation signed by President Lincoln. And general order number three is the actual order that uh, General Granger brought in. Alan, can you tell us a little bit about general order number three, reading from the slide, I guess? Yeah, basically the order states that uh, there's absolute equality of personal rights and the rights of property between former masters and slaves and the connection uh, exists between uh, employ and hire labor. So they also informed they will not be allowed to collect a military post and will not be supported in idleness either there or elsewhere. So 
and the, to the right of it is the actual signature that uh, it's a history document that shows what the order is, number three. Right. But as Alan, you know, read part of that um, order, you know, uh, the first, you know, few sentences uh, uh, informing the enslaved people of Texas that they were free, uh, which was very good news. The final sentences of the order uh, still continue to have racist language in it. And the last sentences kind of foreshadowed uh, the fight that would continue for equal rights. I mean, because it's basically saying, yes, you're free, but, you know, please, you know, stay quiet. Don't make a fuss. You know, don't be showing up at military posts and, you know, you will not be supported in if you're, you know, idle either here or any, anywhere else. So, you know, obviously that they were given emancipation or finally aware of emancipation is very important. But it was also still uh, a lot, very racist and foreshadowed, uh, as I said, yeah. the fight for equal rights. And this actually led to a big migration to Canada. Um, mm. And actually, a lot of people assume the name Freeman. Um, mm. so if you look up now in Canada, there's a lot of African-Americans or African Canadians now with the last name Freeman because of this order. Um, they felt more comfortable. Oh, that's very interesting, Mitchell. I, I was not aware of that. Okay, so then moving on. So after uh, Juneteenth uh, in 1865, um, you know, the experiences of the formerly enslaved people was, you know, very different. You know, <clears throat> it wasn't like, well, who were free and life was all great. Uh, you know, there was still a lot of struggle um, between uh, systemic racism and <coughs> limited opportunities. Um, so people took different paths. Uh, some people, you know, had a hard time adjusting um, and they had to make decisions about how they were going to live, how they were going to sustain themselves. Um, and many wanted to reunite with families because they were torn apart uh, because of slavery. Um, so it was a significant priority for many um, and very emotional to uh, try to find um, their loved ones. And also after June uh, 19th, 1865, uh, there were other challenges they faced. Is that correct, Mitchell? Yeah, you know, you had economic uh, economic challenges. Um, you know, you had threats from people who fought on the other side of the Civil War, you know, they so you had a difference of opinions. Um, but it, it was a, a new opportunity. And I think if you look at the grand scheme of things, America is a fairly young country, especially at this time, mm -hmm. you know, where ideally it started in the mid early 1600s and then it became a country a hundred years later. And then a hundred years after that, you know, we're freeing the slave to help build that country thus far. And then another hundred years between those slaves gets right. So it, it's a, it, every hundred years we, we continue to evolve mm -hmm. as a country um, as we are one of the, you know, newest, not just a country, as a society and as a culture. Mm -hmm. All of it's new. Um, and it's a process. So these are part of the challenges people had to face to, you know, become who they're going to be in the future. Right. 
Yes. I mean, it, yeah, it, 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 as Mitchell said, it was a process, a, a long process, and I'm so, sure sometimes a painful process um, because there were a lot of obstacles to to face. Um, but at the same time, you know, um, they worked really hard to build strong communities and particularly through churches and other institutions um, to get social, educational, and ec economic support. And it served as vital spaces for healing and empowerment and resilience. So yeah, although there was a lot of uh, uh, challenges, both from threats and resistance and hostility, um, yeah, by forming communities and strong bonds with one another, um, it was a great way to get, support one another through this struggle. And then we uh, arrived at the period of, of reconstruction. Um, and that refer, it's, uh, refers to the years from 1865 to 1877, when the federal government uh, sought to address the aftermath of the Civil War and the emancipation of enslaved uh, African-Americans. Uh, Alan, can you tell us a little bit about uh, the reconstruction period? Yeah, basically, it starts from 1865 to 1877 uh, to reconstruct. Basically, uh, the plan is to uh, rebuild the southern states and address the social and political consequence of the war. Uh, and also, in addition to the 13th Amendment, is uh, the 14th Amendment, which was passed in 1868 which granted citizenships and equal protection under the law to all individuals born or naturalized in the United States. And also the 15th Amendment, which was passed in 1870, which uh, prohibited uh, racial discrimination and also uh, equal voting rights. Right, so very many important uh, laws uh, were passed through these amendments, all um, regarding civil rights. Uh, and it was a, a, a period where trying to reintegrate the southern states into the Union. So um, it was a very pivotal time uh, in our country's history. And further, uh, during Reconstruction, there were other things that the uh, government tried to put in place uh, to help uh, formerly enslaved people with uh, their newly gained rights. Um, Mitchell, can you uh, tell us a little bit about that? Um, sure. You look at things from like the Freeman's Bureau um, to even some smaller groups that came together. The idea was to help people transition. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that some people took advantage of that or others didn't, um, but it was short-lived as we'll get into the, the next Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yes, unfortunately, as Mitchell just alluded to, it was short-lived. Um, uh, Reconstruction came to an end with the Compromise of 1877. And it was a, a political agreement that came out of a disputed uh, election, presidential election. And on, it's just heartbreaking that any progress that was made during Reconstruction, a lot of that uh, was just completely eroded. Uh, because with that compromise came the withdrawal of federal troops from the South. And it just led to widespread segregation and disenfranchisement and uh, any advancements that had been made, um, you know, were undermined uh, by uh, this uh, compromise. 
And as we see on the next screen, you know, as I mentioned, you know, the removal of federal troops, um, you know, protecting who were protecting the uh, rights of African Americans uh, were suddenly gone. And with the withdrawal, you know, Southern Democrats regained control over the region. Um, and in addition, uh, a Southern uh, Democrat was appointed uh, to um, the cabinet, and that also, you know, laws were uh, put in place. And um, <clears throat> but they did try at this time. Uh, also, uh, there was federal assistance and investment in Southern infrastructure to try to stimulate the economy. Um, but there, uh, as I said, it, it, it effectively marked the end of Reconstruction and uh, federal support for civil rights. And so it really um, uh, you know, led to the abandonment of efforts to protect the rights of African-Americans. Yeah, and it's so complicated because, you know, after a civil war, especially, we're fighting for the rights of, the, of, of democracy. Mm. And having people being able to vote on their own laws and their own way of life. So even though the war was over, the hearts and minds of people were still in a certain direction. Yes. Um, so they're going to come together. They're going to vote. They're going to have their own will. And certain areas are going to have certain ways. And that's just how the country is designed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just so unfortunate because, um, as it says on the slide, you know, as many historians view it as a, a pivotal moment because it allowed for the reassertion of white Southern control and suppression. And as Mitchell was said, said earlier, you know, it took a long time, you know, for things to uh, get any better. Um, as things do, progress is hard. And when you have entrenched uh, ideologies, um, be whether they're even when they're wrong and you know, it's hard to get people to change. So um, that led to Jim Crow laws, um, which were very prevalent, uh, mostly in the southern states, um, but they existed all throughout the country. And uh, Alan, are you, uh, can you enlighten us a little bit about Jim Crow laws? Yeah, unfortunately, Jim Crow's law, it kind of uh, make a range in the, um, equal uh, protection. That means they bring back the segregation in public facilities such as schools, transportation, housing, parks, restaurants, etc. Also, they enforce the doctrine of separate but equal, which claimed that facilities for African Americans and white Americans could be separate. Uh, so these laws were enforced both legal measure and extra legal means, uh, including intimidation, violence, and other uh, injustice means. Yes, because even though it was separate but equal, um, the, the reality was that it was far from uh, equal. Um, it was definitely separate and it was nowhere near equal. Um, the in you know resources the services it was all inferior and um had to be very humiliating and i can't even imagine what what, what that was like and you know it was hard to uh, get ahead you know to find employment and you know if you did it was low you know low wage jobs uh, very often so it was 
they were definitely meant to enforce the racial hierarchy. Um, Mitchell, do you know anything more about the Jim Crow laws? Yeah, I think in modern day, when you hear the term systematic racism, hmm. this is the beginning of it. And oh. any any systematic racism you see today, it, it's something that lingers out of this set of laws. Hmm. That's what they mean. A lingering act, a lingering law that was used here that's now being used again hmm. um, within any system. Right. So uh, it's good to know the history of laws in, in, in the country to make sure we don't kind of fall back into places to know where the origin of it comes from. Yes, we don't want history to repeat itself for sure. And, yeah. as, and as Mitchell said, I mean, it took forever. I mean, we're talking about the civil rights movement was the 1950s and 60s. And, and this isn't just, you know, for African-Americans, this affected, you know, this influenced Hitler in mm. terms of the treatment of the Jews. Yeah. Um, and it's being used currently for any other minority group anywhere. So this is a foundation of a big problem in terms of modern day uh, mistreatment of other human beings. Absolutely. Injustice is not discriminatory. Uh, unfortunately, you know, it, it affects everyone. And, you know, uh, equal treatment is supposed to be under the law, but very often it is far from it. So uh, as Mitchell said, the civil rights movement of the 50s and 60s challenged and ultimately dismantled uh, a lot of the Jim Crow system, um, but uh, it was a long time coming and uh, we still have a ton of work to do. Um, so the civil rights movement is a, is a big topic. And so uh, we will address that in a subsequent podcast. Um, uh, it'll be uh, quite interesting um, because so much has happened and so much uh, was done during that time uh, to combat racial inequality. And um, we look forward to discussing that with all of you uh, so shortly in an upcoming podcast. Mm -hmm. uh, and But then just to uh, kind of go back and uh, look, Juneteenth observance, you know, this was the emancipation of just a few people well in the scheme of things the people the, the enslaved people of texas i mean the emancipation proclamation was two years prior so for instance the picture here uh showing an emancipation day celebration this was in austin which is texas so you know it was more uh the juneteenth observance really took place more in uh, Texas um, until recently. Um, but it, and often took the form of church-centered uh, community events. Uh, you know, it's only in recent years where it's gotten more um, uh, celebratory, if you will. <laughs> so um, as you see, uh, you know, now uh, in, in today's world, it's as it becomes more recognized and more people learn about Juneteenth, um, people take it as an opportunity for community celebrations, uh, parades, um, and uh, a chance to commemorate uh, their uh, ancestor struggles and to observe, um, you know, important date in uh, history. And uh, finally, uh, only two years ago, uh, Juneteenth was officially recognized as a federal holiday in the United States. Um, 
you know, you might ask, well, why isn't the Emancipation Proclamation Day, uh, you know, observed as the holiday? But as we mentioned, not everyone uh, had been given their right of, to freedom. So uh, because the people of Texas were, were not aware of their emancipation until two years later, Juneteenth has kind of been, uh, is observed as the uh, Freedom Day. Um, and as I said, only two years ago. Yeah. And if you think about it, you know, we celebrate the 4th of July and we think about independence and freedom of a country that where everybody was not independent and free. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it, this is really a day for the whole country to celebrate true freedom and true independence. It's, mm -hmm. it's really the beginning um, or before that it may have been foundation, but this is the part to where we have to start building um, a country. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And um, as you said, you know, this is a historical significant, historically significant, just like the 4th of July is historically significant. And it's for, you know, many reasons. The emancipation, you know, which was the order um, in Texas uh, that they uh, were also proclaimed free. Um, uh, commemoration of African-American resilience, the historical context, um, you know, the history of slavery is, uh, you know, uh, very complex and talking about it and educating ourselves about the history and the ongoing struggle for civil rights. Um, and it's a symbol of freedom and progress for the United States. Um, any other uh, historically significant reasons you can think of, Mitchell? Well, I think that sums it up, you know, what we talked about before. Yes, absolutely. And then um, the Juneteenth message. Uh, it uh, very encompasses several um, important themes and ideas. Uh, the overall message is a celebration of freedom, the recognition of the struggle, and a call to educate and unite. And um, some of the other things that we've not uh, noted here on the slide, Alan, can you just give us an overview of those? Yeah, we just want everybody just to kind of uh, take a break and learn a little bit about history, about uh, um, justice and uh, equality or inequality in the old days. And now is time to think about unity and build community. And also every year we try to take a moment to reflect and remember, you know, the history and then how we evolved. So it's a very important holiday. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think you said that, you summed that up very nicely, Alan. Yep, it's about unity. Yeah, and I, and I think, you know, especially in America, holidays in general um, serve certain purposes. And that typically the unity and community part. Um, so that that's important to, to on, on days like that to go out and spend it with your friend, family, and neighbors. Yes, and I think too, just as you, Alan, had said, reflecting for a moment. I mean, you know, when we celebrate Memorial Day, for instance, you know, it's not all about barbecues and having the day off, <laughs> which often is what, you know, is the overriding message. I mean, Memorial Day really is a solemn day. 
I mean, we're commemorating people who gave their lives for our country. And I think sometimes that gets forgotten. And so it's similar with Juneteenth. I, you know, yes, celebrate, you know, freedom, celebrate perseverance, celebrate resilience, but also take the time for remembrance and reflection and, you know, educate yourself, uh, especially, you know, this holiday, because so many people are not aware of it. Or they wonder, what's Juneteenth? Why do we have that? It's not just a day off, but you know what I mean? So it is important um, as any holiday. This, this is one of, this is our 12th federal holiday. All federal holidays should be, you know, take a moment to reflect on why it's a holiday. And then um, teaching, uh, as I said, you know, we are all learning more about Juneteenth in, in more recent years. And, um, you know, hopefully it's going to be incorporated in curricula in uh, schools. But as of today, you know, it really does depend on where you are uh, located, your school district, your the politics of your school. Um, so some schools, uh, you know, very briefly, maybe bring it up in broader discussions. Um, but uh, there are efforts underway to uh, expand the teaching of both Juneteenth and African-American history across schools in this country. And um, uh, hopefully uh, those there, we will make headway in that regard. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of it is very political uh, nowadays, uh, but uh, it is important uh, to know our country's history, all of it. <laughs> and, uh, if uh, anyone in our audience is interested in learning more about Juneteenth and African-American history, uh, there are a lot of resources. Um, of course, we have the big museum in Washington, DC, the National Museum of African-American History and Culture. Um, there's also the Civil Rights Museum. There are books, online archives, documentaries and films. Many uh, universities have lectures and courses uh, on these subjects. And there's online learning. <coughs> you know, today, we're very fortunate to find a lot of information online. Mm -hmm. <coughs> Mitchell, I hate to put you on the spot, but have you been to that African American museum? You live so close. Yeah, I have been close by. It, it does tell the entire story. Um, so it's good for people to visit and just see American history. Yes, um, yes. There's just a lot of things you won't find in textbooks. Mm. Yeah, I, I think, I don't think it was finished by the time I left the D.C. region. But yeah, I would definitely put it on my list of things to do. All of the Smithsonian uh, museums are amazing. Um, so yeah, learning about natural history, you know, all kinds, and uh, this history of African-Americans, uh, all of them are well worth uh, a visit. And um, they're all free, <laughs> which is just amazing that we have that resource in our country. Um, so if you go have a chance to go to DC, check out all the Smithsonian museums. And then that concludes our discussion today on Juneteenth. And as I mentioned, we will be having uh, uh, you know, subsequent podcasts to discuss civil rights. Um, 
But in the meantime, we hope you will check out some of our other podcasts. They are available on Spotify, Google, YouTube, and Dystopia. And we've discussed all kinds of topics. <laughs> we cover it all. Uh, we've got longevity and memory loss and um, fish, uh, talking about land-based fish farming, um, parenting skills, dealing with relationships. These are just a few. I mean, there are uh, many available. So we hope you will give a listen and also provide your feedback. That's very important to us. And then Mitchell, can you tell us, uh, tell our audience how they might be able to learn more or support us? Sure. Um, if you want to help support us, uh, we're on Patreon. You can find us there. You can visit our website at payforwardonline.org or and or join us on Facebook um, where we have our page and we have a, a community group uh, where like-minded individuals come together to try to pay for it. Yes, we would love for you to like us and we would love for you to join the Pay It Forward community so you all can, you know, meet each other and talk and um, learn about each other and all kinds of interesting topics uh, that help yourself as well as helping others. And then uh, these are just a few of the uh, slogans, uh, if you will, of Juneteenth. Uh, that are used, uh, such as Freedom Day, honoring our past and celebrating our future. Remember, reflect, rejoice. So I just thought we'd leave you with those uh, at the end of our uh, podcast. We thank you for joining us and we will see you next time. In the meantime, keep paying it forward. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.